Well, welcome back to 40 Days in Prayer. We are halfway through. If you've been tracking with the uh, the workbook and uh, spending some time in God, today is day 21. So 21 of 40 days, and we're just uh, uh, seeing that God's just using this time to, to stretch us along the way. But as we continue this conversation about prayer, I just uh, wonder, does anybody ever feel guilty about prayer, Right. I mean, yeah, you you pick up these uh, books or you read something from somebody a long, long time ago. Uh, Martin Luther was so busy that he decided he needed to spend an extra two hours in prayer that day. I'm just like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I mean, really? Because I mean, we, we live in a, in a world where it's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge. I mean, we're always connected. Uh, it seems like there's always somebody uh, wanting a piece of our time, and the, the line between uh, work and, and home uh, continues to blur, and, and we carry around these little devices that keep us uh, tethered at times, and, and I don't know, it feels like it, it rings. Does anybody else have that experience where, where you, you get so used to it going off that sometimes you feel it vibrating even when it's not vibrating, right? You have those phantom uh, vibrations there and you you kind of flinch or you reach for your phone along the way and it's kind of like how how in the world do you pray in a world like that how does prayer become because our need for conversation with God is no less than it was centuries ago in fact, is you might argue that our need for connectedness with God is is greater than it's ever been before But how do we make that practical? How does that work out? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I I want to talk about how how do you pray throughout your day? In a real world, in in busyness and uh, hyper demands and hyper connectivity, how does prayer become something that is not just this, this foreign concept that seems you have to like be a monk to be able to do, but something that actually can impact all of our lives. So what I hope today is to share some stuff with you that I hope will be very practical. And I know that if you can begin to kind of implement it in your life, it can be very, very powerful along the way. So to begin with, I I want us to just take us to to one very simple scripture. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Some of you who have uh, read through the New Testament or studied, you, you may recognize Ephesians 6 as that passage that talks about the armor of God, uh, the, the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and the sword of the spear and the shield, all of those, all of those things. What's very interesting is that sometimes when people are teaching on the, this spiritual armor, they stop right before they get to verse 18, which I think is a huge mistake. Because uh, the verses before that kind of say, this is, how, this is how you get dressed up. Verse 18 says, this is where you go. <laughs> Once you're dressed up, this is where you go. Praying. I have all of this on, but it, it, it puts me in a position to pray. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. With all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
Now, I, what I want to do is just make some quick observations out of this, this one verse. And then I want to spend the rest of our time just kind of application. How do we make this practical throughout our day? Some quick observations. The first one is this. You can pray anytime in any place. You can pray any time and any place. Praying at all times. You don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be in a confessional booth. You don't even have to be in a certain posture. You can pray anytime and any place. In your bedroom, in the boardroom, uh, in the car, uh, in the yard, any time, any place. You have this incredible privilege, bought and made possible by the shed blood of Jesus Christ to come before the throne of grace anytime and any place. And But our prayer is not by ourselves, but we pray according to the leading of the Spirit. So he talks about praying, but praying in the Spirit. We pray according to the leading of the Spirit. We pray in the, the power of the Spirit. Romans 8 to 26 reminds us we don't pray alone. That when we pray, we are in this partnership. That the Son is at the right hand of the Father making intercession. Romans 8, 28 says, The Spirit is interceding for us with groanings too deep for words. When I pray, I don't pray alone. I pray in this partnership. I pray in this community. I pray knowing that the Son and the Spirit are interceding on my behalf. And I can pray as He empowers, as He leads, as He guides and finds along the way. A third quick observation is I can pray with all types of prayer, with all prayer and supplication, all types of prayer. And when we're talking about prayer, it's not just I bring my wish list to God and say, fill it. Uh, but, but it's about that relationship. It's about the conversation. It's about covering all of those different dimensions of prayer. And if you've been in, in one of the group studies, uh, did the first part of the Lord's Prayer, do the second part uh, this week, where you kind of hone in on some of the, the wide varieties and the different types of prayer. But we pray with all different types of prayer. Also, the encouragement of this verse is to be ready. To be ready. Uh, to that end, keep alert. To keep alert that there has to be a readiness. There has to be uh, an awareness. There has to be this, this sense of uh, anytime, any place. But I, I want to be on alert. I want to keep watch for those opportunities, for those moments when God invites me uh, into that conversation in prayer along the way. And so I need to be ready. It's not just about a, a moment or a time, but it's about being kind of sensitive to Him all moments, all times, living with that God consciousness. And even as I'm ready, I have to be consistent. To be consistent. We talked last week about persevering in prayer and what God does in us and at times through us as we persevere in prayer. Here's, here's the reality. Prayer sometimes, you, you, you may be in a, in a season of prayer and it, it just seems like I, I couldn't get closer to God than I am this moment. And there are other times you feel like Hello? Is anybody there? It, we don't say it out loud, but it's like, I feel like I'm talking to the walls here. <laughs> Nobody's listening. But, 
But as I keep showing up, in those moments when it's soaring, when those moments where it seems like nobody's home and nothing's happened, as I continue, as I'm consistent, as I persevere, as I'm persistent in prayer, God does something in me and through me in those prayers. And the last quick observation I'll just make out of this verse is that we pray for our needs and for the needs of others. It talks about supplication, making supplication for all the saints. So as I pray, it's not just about, about me, but it is about, about those that God wants to impact through me. God wants to touch through me along the way. Anytime, any place, in the Spirit, with all types of prayer, live with a sense of readiness. I'm consistent. I continue to persist in it through the the sweet seasons and through the the dry seasons. And I pray for my needs and for the needs of others. And at this point, some of you are saying, I get all that. I, I, I know all that. Not anything perhaps I have not heard before or maybe even told myself or others before. But how? How do I do that? How do I make that happen? How do I pray throughout my day? And what I want to do is just try to suggest to you some very practical ways to do that. And in order to do that, I I want to talk about two kind of broad categories to give us a handle to kind of begin to grip this thing. The first broad category we're going to call scheduled prayer. Scheduled prayer. It's those times when I, I, I have scheduled in my life time for prayer. And you see that throughout the Scripture. The psalmist said, evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan. And he hears my voice. You see these, these different times along the way. When we find uh, the, the Old Testament story of Daniel, Daniel's living in a very hostile uh, land, a uh, land that certainly doesn't encourage his faith at all. And yet many feel like taking his cue from that 55th Psalm finds himself with three times a day that he schedules prayer. He got down on his knee three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This was his consistent pattern in Daniel's life. As busy as he was, a high government official, lots of responsibilities, lots of people looking to him. He had these scheduled times of prayer. When the disciples knew something about Jesus, all the things as we've already said, he could have asked them to teach him. They asked him, please teach us how to pray. And among the things they saw Jesus do was prioritize prayer in his schedule. One example of Acts, Mark chapter 1, and rising very early in the morning. While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. With all the demands on him, with all the needs, with all the people pressing, with everybody who had an agenda for his life, he scheduled time to be alone with his father. And his disciples would follow that pattern of scheduled times of prayer. As you go into the book of Acts, it talks about Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Hour. Now, very interesting, just as, as by way of a little bit of, of background here in terms of the, the hour of prayer, 
Uh, it has some, some history, uh, some of it even rooted in, in what the Romans did. The Romans would go in, and as they captured areas, they obviously brought uh, their culture and their things with them. One of the things that the Romans would often do is, is that they, w- they would put like a, a bell tower or part of a fortress in an area. And they would ring that bell at appointed hours, beginning like at 6 a.m., 6 and 9 and noon and 3 and, and 6. And like a 6 a.m. would be like it get to work, right? Uh, 6 p.m. would be it, you can kind of shut down the day. Uh, but there, there were these bells that would kind of, uh, kind of mark. Well, what began to happen is that some of the Jews living in some of these different areas and then the followers of Christ, uh, they began to, to, to use those bells, and it tied in with some of the, the Jewish heritage that we saw in the Psalms and Daniel and other things. They began to use those bells sometimes as a, as a trigger that this would be a time for prayer. And so the bells would ring, and, and they would pray. And that, that practice got carried on even way past the, the Roman Empire. So you would go to the monasteries uh, that uh, spread throughout. And you've seen the old westerns, perhaps. There's a monastery, and there's a bell tower there or something. And sometimes it's used in some heroic uh, uh, way in an old western. Well, why did they have bell towers? Well, they would ring the bells that would mark these certain times of prayer along the way. In fact, is in, in some classic uh, Catholic practice, they had the liturgy of the hours, that there were certain prayers that you would do at certain hours along the way. And when we get our English word clock, it actually comes from the medieval Latin word clocka, which was from bells. It was bells. The bells would ring indicating time, time for prayer. So scheduled prayer kind of has a rich heritage in, in the life of followers of Jesus Christ. But what does that look like for you and I? We don't necessarily have a bell tower that's ringing six or seven times a day, nor do most of us have six or seven segments where we can just kind of stop everything and pray along the way. So what I want to do is just give you one way. And I'm just going to emphasize the word one. One way to apply this in our lives. I'm going I'm to talk out of my experience here. Uh, it may not necessarily be your experience. hasn't always looked exactly this way for me. It looks different at different seasons of your life, different personality types. All of those things come into play. But I, I want to just offer it to you as a beginning point because I think there's a very important principle here that all of us need to carry into our life in some way, form, or fashion. So one way to apply skills scheduled times of prayer in our life. For me, it looks like two anchor points, two anchor points. The first is morning prayer, morning prayer. That is time in the morning when, when I set aside this time to, to be alone with God. Now, I'm going to tell you, for me, generally, that works better after a shower, I am more alert, I am more awake, I am more tuned in, I am less likely to drop drop off to sleep after I have had a shower. Some of you may not be wired that way. I know there are some of you that even before the alarm clock goes off in the morning, your eyes pop open and you say, good morning, Lord, it's a wonderful day. Some of the rest of us are snooze button, right? (laughs) Snooze button, right? Uh, So for me, not that I haven't ever done it, but what I have kind of learned about myself is I'm a whole lot better off 
If I get up, and sometimes I'll even maybe just read something real quick while I'm still kind of in a zombie state just to kind of set my brain for the day a little bit. But, but I'm a whole lot better off after I, I have kind of cleaned up. And I, I kind of look at it this way. I, I clean up before I have appointments with people for the most part. I, I just go ahead and clean up before I have my appointment with God. You don't have to do that. That's just what works for me. What that also means is you kind of have to build that time into your schedule, right? You have to build that time into your schedule along the way. So I try to have it. What do I do with that? Well, first, just begin by focusing on God's presence. Just focus on God's presence. And uh, we talked earlier this year about kind of a soap devotional form. One of the prayers that we kind of suggested was just to take a moment there and just even to pray out of Psalm 119. Open my eyes and I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Again, things go through kind of cycles and evolutions. There, there was a season in my life where it was kind of like, you know, I'm, too, I'm kind of like should be spiritually mature enough. I don't need like these devotions and all that sort of thing. And I'll just like go straight to the Bible. I mean, straight to the meat for goodness sakes, right? That's, that's kind of for, for beginners. And, and then I, I spent some time with somebody who I think is like light years ahead of me in terms of, of prayer. And one of the things they said just as kind of an interesting they said they they kind of use some devotions to kind of warm themselves up kind of prime their bone that kind of that made a little sense to me and and so what I've started doing is part of just kind of focusing on God's presence I have just a a couple of devotions I don't spend a lot of time there uh, but I'll I'll just read a scripture and read their their kind of short little uh, devotional writing there and and, and it's amazing uh, that I have found using a couple of these and then going into the word sometimes just how God syncs up the themes kind of across all of those things something that just maybe he wants to speak so that's been just a way for me to kind of use a tool to to help focus on God's presence. But what I quickly want to get to is the Word, to read and reflect on God's Word. And, and this is observation, this is meditation, this is application. That, that's one of the reasons is we, we wanted you to spend some time with that workbook. I know for some of you, maybe it, it feels a little bit like, well, I'm already doing this. Uh, but, but we wanted you to kind of begin to get in that habit of, of looking at a portion of God's Word, beginning to write down just a few things. This is what I'm kind of observing. Then how does this apply uh, to my life? And so read and reflect on God's word observation meditation and then application and then I move to prayer and I'm going to distinguish two types of prayer one is we're going to call word prayer word prayer is praying from the scripture that you've been interacting with and again that's one of the things we wanted to kind of model for you through that workbook is that you interact with this scripture you think about how it applies to your life but then you begin to pray right out of that scripture it's a conversation with God God has spoken to you from his word you respond to him you respond to what it is he's showing to you so sometimes it's praise God thank you praise you for this that you are a faithful God that you you are a loving God that you cause all things to work together for good sometimes it's it's a confession God that just wow man that one hit me between the eyes I just I I haven't been bold in that or I I haven't been obedient there sometimes it's just to cry out for a need or maybe you're reading that scripture and somebody's been brought to mind and you just pray that scripture over them but it's word prayer it's just prayer that that 
flows directly out of the Scripture that you've been interacting with in those moments. And if I don't get any further than that, if that's just all the where God allows me to stay, and sometimes you just like stay there for a long time, then that's, that's great. That's great. Uh, but if, but if, there's, if there's more time, then I move to free prayer, which is just kind of pouring your heart out to God. And this is a balance between adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication and intercession. I think you just you try to have all of those. They won't be like the perfect balance every day. But just if you have a prayer list and people are in through those you're really praying for, this is the time when I tend to incorporate those along the way. Let, let me tell you what I, I've done. Again, you don't have to do this. I'm just sharing you one way to do that. One of the things that's helped me because I'm doing this in the morning and I've got places to go and, and things to be at a certain time and that sort of thing, uh, well, what I noticed is that, that I, I could constantly be checking my watch or something, right? What time is it? How much more time do I have? And so I just got to the point where I've got it the same time on my phone. I just, I just set the alarm. I just set the alarm for five minutes before I need to be done. And I just set the alarm and I just set it off to the side. That way I don't have to worry about watching the clock during that time. I can just kind of focus on what God might be wanting to say to me on that day. The alarm goes off. Hit the snooze. I know I just got just a couple more minutes to kind of, kind of wrap that up. Again, may not work for you. It is helpful to me. So this morning prayer time. For me, this is the, the, the longer prayer time along the way. Uh, if it helps, that's why we, we had available the resource, the SOAP, uh, devotional form, scripture, observation, application, prayer. It's one of the ways to kind of put this into practice. But it's a way just to begin with morning prayer. I want to kind of set my day in the presence of the Lord. Another anchor point for me in terms of scheduled prayer is evening prayer, is evening prayer. To, to kind of come back at the end of the day and spend some time just, just focusing upon God. Uh, this is a much shorter time uh, for me, and I'll just go ahead and tell you in just a moment how we do this. Uh, but kind of that same thing, there's a sense of just uh, you're approaching God, just remember who it is that you're having this conversation with. Uh, there's a Bible. It's, it's, it's a much shorter time in, in my world right now. It's reading and reflection. Some folks use the Psalms. So we tend to use a, a devotional reading. Uh, and then just prayer. Uh, just maybe some quick prayer out of that word or something out of the day or really maybe just something you have a sense of urgency with. Now, for us... In our season of life, this is kind of how this, this looks. Morning prayer is an individual time. Okay, we just kind of do that. It's a longer time for me. It's a little bit of an extended time. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. The evening time is actually something that Susan and I do together. And so we have a devotion that we're just reading together. Uh, and so we'll, we'll just it'd be kind of the last thing. Sometimes we'll do it right before we go in the bed. Sometimes just laying in the bed uh, and just be just uh, we'll read that devotion together. And then we, we just kind of have a practice of sharing what we call three gratefuls. Just three things that you're grateful for today. And it doesn't have to be these colossal great things. It may be, man, I'm, I'm glad you fixed dinner tonight because <laughs> I like to eat, you know. Or, you know, maybe just some, some of those simple things. But just kind of, just 
you know, reminds you if you've been griping that day. So just to say, hey, you know, these are things we're grateful for. And then, and then we just have a, have a, have a short season uh, of just praying together. And that, that's just how it's working for us right now. Now, John Calvin would have said you need a third time in, the, in, a third, uh, time in your prayer. Right after lunch, you ought to have this scheduled time of prayer. For me, I have found for most of us, that doesn't necessarily work because we're running in a thousand directions, and maybe you've got a lunch appointments and other meetings and other things out of that. I, what is it that works for you? Remember what I said? Well, this is one way. This is one way. The only thing I really want to give you a sense of urgency about is to somehow, some way, figure out anchors in your day. Dawson Trotman said, used to say, let God have the first word and the last word. And that, that, that's, that's not a bad rhythm. That I kind of want to have these anchors in my day. And, and please don't get intimidated by this. Start where you are. You don't have to start with Martin Luther's three hours, for goodness sakes. I don't. Hey, but, uh, but maybe you just say, hey, I've got 15 minutes, or I'm going to start 12 minutes or whatever. Just start. Start and put an anchor down. I suggest we even put a couple of anchors down. These are scheduled prayers. For, for Susan and I, we were even doing the evening thing. I, I was traveling all last week. I was, I was gone last week. But we, we, we kind of know what time we're going to. And so we, we'll do it over the phone. We'll just do that over the phone uh, together. It's just, it's just a way of kind of anchoring that along the way. So whatever that looks like for you, and please hear me, I understand. Some of you, you got a house full of kids, and it's chaos from word go. And, and some days it's just like if I could just go to the bathroom by myself, it would be a good day. I, I get that. I, I get that. And, you know, start where you are in the season of life you are, but try to figure out if you can, how can I establish at least one? And my, my suggestion would be even a couple of anchors on in the day where I can kind of anchor my day by spending some time with God. That's scheduled prayer. It's scheduled prayer. But then the second big handle, big area, is what we're going to call spontaneous prayer. Spontaneous prayer. It's prayer that that kind of just comes as we go throughout this day. Remember Ephesians, any time, any place. So I have this prayer that is this ongoing conversation with God. I think that's part of what's behind uh, Paul's admonition to the Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. It's not you never get off your knees or you're always walking around with your eyes closed, but, but you have this this consciousness of God. You have this conversation that is ongoing throughout your day with God. One of my favorite biblical examples of that is one of my Old Testament heroes, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, who was so burdened by, by the, the, the condition of Jerusalem and the walls that had come down, and he was, he was in a good place. I mean, he had a good job. His life was pretty comfortable, but he had this burden. And he began to cry out to God, and he was praying, and he was fasting. And then one day, he before the king. And the king notices there's something different in his demeanor. And he asks him, you know, kind of, what is it that you want? And, and Nehemiah's response is cla- classic. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Now, Nehemiah didn't say, excuse me, I need to go over here for 30 minutes and I'll be right back. I mean, you don't do that to the king, right? But he just, a flash prayer. That's what I got, a flash prayer. Just that spontaneous, I prayed to the God of heaven. God, give me the words right here, right now. 
Man, I had thought about this moment. I kind of had my plan in mind. Give me the right words. I've got, let the king's heart and head be open to this right now. Make him receptive. Just, just a, a flash prayer. And, and that's what I want to encourage you, just to kind of think in terms of having those sort of conversations throughout the day. So some ways to apply this. Again, this is some ways, not the only way. Some ways to apply this in our lives. I want to give you the principle and then give you some quick examples. The principle is this. Let the events and circumstances of your day trigger a response in prayer. Let the events and circumstances of your day trigger a response in prayer. So I begin to, to kind of walk through my day with this sense when there's, when there's these things happen, let them kind of be a trigger that I'm going to respond in just a moment of prayer, with a flash prayer, with a spontaneous prayer along the way. What might be some examples of some of those triggers? Well, the, the whole category of anything new, newness. Uh, the beginning of a new day. God, thank you for the gift of this day. Uh, Lord, help me to live it for you. Thank you for a night of rest and help me to be sensitive to you throughout the day. I'm starting a new meeting or whatever it might be. Psalm 37, 5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. And so it's something new. Maybe you're walking into a new meeting. Yeah, I get Lord, just just help help me in this meeting. Father, I had this appointment with somebody. God, I'm not sure this is going to be a toughie. God, I need your grace. I need your your ability to focus and listen here. I'm kind of worn out. I'm tired. Maybe it's an email you have to respond to. This is going to be a toughie, God. Uh, just help me have the right words uh, along the way. Maybe it's something with your kids. Okay, Lord, help me to tune in along the way. Uh, maybe it's just even a transition. Uh, for, from, from home to work, God help me to, to, to uh, do my work unto you today. Or as you're traveling from work to home, and, and you know, if most of you are probably like me, you know, you, you, even though your body's heading toward home, your mind is still just grinding away at everything, and it's just, arr, arr, and it's all there. And if I'm not careful, I just bring all that stuff in with me, right? And so sometimes it's just even about that transition to say, God, help, help, me, help, me, to, help me to kind of flip the switch. Lord, help me to be fully present at home right now. Lord, help me to bring that same energy and focus uh, to home right now. Lord, help me just to lay some of this at, at, at your feet for the next little bit. Uh, so all along the way, let something new, a new day, a new meeting, something trigger that along the way. Uh, one of the prayers kind of that I have tried to kind of begin to incorporate uh, and just something that I, I've kind of evolved to along the way is just when I'm in, entering into a new situation, uh, so I was, I was with a group of people this week. I, I've never been with these people, never met them before. Some brand new people I was spending uh, some time with this week in a, in a different place. And, and part of the prayer was just, Lord, help me, help me to go in with the posture of a, of a student. Help me to be humble enough to learn because, God, I can learn from anybody. Uh, Lord, help, help, me, help me to go in with the posture of a servant today. Help me to add value in some way to these, the lives of these people I'm going to interact with. And, and God, help, help, me to, help me to be an ambassador today. Help me to represent you well in this environment. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, so, so maybe it's just, just a real quick thing, getting ready to walk into this new situation with some new people. God, help me to be teachable. Help me to add value today. Lord, help me to represent Jesus Christ well in this setting today. That, doesn't take but just a few seconds. 
but just just something to kind of kind of set that table for something new along the way. There's many more needs. So you become aware of a need, a need in your life, a need in somebody else's life, and, you, and that becomes a trigger point that you can instantly begin to lift that up to the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. I need wisdom. I need help. I need this resource. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so as these needs, uh, maybe our reaction is to get, get up tight or get uh, upset or whatever it might be, but Lord, let that need be an instantaneous trigger. Give us this day our daily bread. And God, I need your wisdom in this. God, uh, guide me in this decision. Uh, God, I, I just, I, I, I need to be able to focus in these moments. Uh, whatever it is, just whatever that need is, just in that moment, just a flash prayer, just spontaneously just take that need uh, before the Lord. Uh, may, maybe it's something that just kind of comes uh, rolling into your mind, a need in your life or in the life of somebody else, and you just, you just lift that before the Lord. So let needs trigger a spontaneous prayer. Blessings. There's something good that's happened. Hey, I got a bonus. I got a promotion. I got a new opportunity. God, what a great meal. Uh, God, I, somebody just encouraged me along the way. Or we get to take this trip or take this vacation or have this, this time away. Or thank you for this good thing that's happened in the life of my child or my spouse or whatever it might be. And just, I, I just say thank you, God, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just say thank you throughout the day just to say thank you for those blessings. A lot of times we do that uh, when we sit down for a meal, right? Thank you for this meal. It's about to nourish us. But why don't I do that with all the other blessings that God uh, pours into my life? Just say, thank you, God. Just thank you for these along the way. Have you ever had just a time with somebody and you just walk away and say, man, that was, oh, it's just so thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with them for a little bit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that friendship. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for that insight. Just thanking God for those blessings along the way. How about burdens? Sometimes God may just burden your heart. You're walking along and suddenly you you feel the weight of a burden. A burden above a situation. A burden for maybe another person. And why don't we just stop right then and there and and just pray? And just pray, lifting that before the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. If God just prompts this burden to, to, to lift it to him. And sometimes it's, it's about other people. Galatians says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Sometimes that's in some very practical physical actions we can take or resources we can channel. But sometimes it's just about prayer. Have you ever just kind of been going along and, and somebody comes to your mind and you just feel a little bit of heaviness and you don't know? You don't know why you're thinking about them. You don't know what's going on in their life. But you, they just popped into your mind. And there was kind of a sense of weight that you feel with that. Don't just blow that off. Lift that up. Just say, God, I, listen, I don't know why I thought about uh, this person right now. But uh, you know what's going on in their life. You know what their need is. And so, God, I just, I just want to stand and just, just cry out on their behalf for just a moment. God, would you, would you meet them in this burden? Would you strengthen them? Would you guide them today?
Just, just allow those burdens to trigger prayer. Remember the principle, let the events and circumstances of your day trigger a response in prayer. How about crisis? You become aware of a crisis. And so you, you just use that as a, as a leverage, as a trigger to respond in prayer. Psalm 50, and call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me in that day of trouble. So you find yourself in a crisis. Don't wait. Just pray. Pray right then. Pray right there in that moment. And by the way, I just want to encourage you. Have you ever done this? Because I'll just, I've done it. You tell somebody, they share kind of a burden with you or the crisis they're going through, and you listen, and you feel a little weight on that. And you say to them, sincerely, I will pray for you. And then your mind gets jumbled up with 16,000 other things. And then you realize the next time you see them, oops, I, I meant to, I intended to, I was sincere. I just lost it. What if you just, in that moment, just prayed? Prayed in that moment. Even if the environment's right and you have just a moment, you're talking with them personally or even over the phone, you know, put a hand on their shoulder and pray with them. One of the coolest things I get to see on Sunday morning sometimes if I'm making the way through the lobby, or just see somebody off to the side and somebody with their hand on somebody else and just praying for them. It doesn't take 30 minutes, it's just 30 seconds even, right? But it's just in that moment, you let that crisis, you becoming aware of that crisis, trigger prayer. But what if, what if we watch the news differently instead of just seeing this oh man here's this nuclear threat here's here's this awful thing that's happening in this family look at the flooding that's going on there what if what if instead of just watching that and kind of being enamored by the pictures those became triggers to pray uh, god i pray for that family i can't imagine what it's like to lose a child like they just lost a child would you meet them there god these people, everything's wiped out I'm going to start over. God, they need you. Meet them in that moment. God, what a mess our world's in. You've told us to pray for our leaders. Would you, would you raise up some leaders? Would you give them wisdom for this crisis? It would change the way. What if, what if, what if Facebook became a prayer book? Right? You, you started going through there, and instead of just like checking off, you know, say, yeah, well, look where they got to go. Well, look what they got to do. Well, that's, they only put the good pictures on there. Right? Yeah, well, what, if, what if those things came up and you started saying that's a off trigger for prayer? Somebody's got this is going on in their life of their parents. This is going on in the life of the child. This is going on. Hey, they're traveling. Give them a great vacation. Let them have some good time of restoring. Again, you could just, and I'm not trying to encourage you to spend more time on Facebook. Some of us would be well served to spend less time there. But, but if you're going to be on there, what if? What if you just said, hey, this, my Facebook can kind of become a prayer book. It can kind of become a little bit of a prayer list along the way. Crisis, worries. You've heard me say it before. Let's just say it again. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. 
And so when you feel that worry begin to kind of jump up in your spirit there, just let that be a trigger for prayer. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, so the, the thing that I begin to worry about, I'm fretting over uh, along the way, what if every time I worry, that became a trigger to pray instead. Instead of continually mulling over this in worry, I'm going to launch forth in this in prayer. It's going to become a catalyst for me to pray. And then one more example, and that's the example of sin. In a moment when God's Spirit convicts me of something, that, that I deal with it in real time. I, I have a conversation with him in real time. First John 1 John 1.9, it's a verse we often use in sharing faith, but it's actually a verse that was written to Christians. If you, we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And maybe as, you, as I'm going throughout my day, just the oh Lord, the Holy Spirit pricks my conscience. Jeff, you, you powered up with pride there. Lord, I agree with you. That's, that's wrong. Lord, I, I don't want pride to separate me from you and from others. Would you forgive me of that? Would you cleanse me of that junk? Lord, I saw that thing on Facebook and honestly envy welled up in my life. I wanted to be there. I wanted to do that. God, forgive me of that. Help me to find my contentment in you, my satisfaction in you. God, there's bitterness that's kind of taking root there. Lord, just I, I don't want to. I don't want that to poison my life. Lord, would you would you just cleanse me of that? I agree with you. That's wrong. That's sick. That's destructive. I don't want it in my life. Cleanse me. Oh God, my my spirit was harsh there. I I, I responded in anger. Father, I, I want to be angry and yet not sin. Lord, would you? Would you cleanse me of unrighteous anger? Would you help me to handle anger in the right way? Just have those conversations in the moment. I mean, why would why carry that stuff around all day anyway? Right? I mean, God, God has a way. If you're spending time in his word in some of those anchor times, sometimes he surfaces something in those moments and it's like, ugh, deal with it there. But sometimes it's, you don't have to wait till the next morning, right? You don't have to wait till you get to that section in God's Word. God's Spirit in real time speaks to you about that. In real time, respond to that in prayer along the way. Now, let me go back and make sure that we understand, all right? I said this is one way. It's not the only way. We are all different people, Right? And so I, I, what I don't want anybody to do is to walk out of here and say, okay, Jeff put all of these things in this nice handout. This is the way everybody has to pray. No. Now, now I'm not saying that, all right? God, God has such variety that, that, that we're all different people, aren't we? We're all unique, and there's difference, and we relate differently in our relationships with one another. We're going to relate a little bit differently in our relationship with God. You are not Martin Luther, right? 
you're not me. Thank God, right? Thank God for that. I remember my dad used to say when I would like do something stupid, sometimes my dad would like shake his head and he said, oh, it could have been worse. He could have been twins. He could have been twins, you know. And so, you know, you're not my twin. You're not Martin Luther's twin. You're not whoever hero you're reading about as uh, twin. You're not Elizabeth Elliot or Beth Moore or whoever it might be. Learn from all of those folks, but don't be a cheap knockoff of them. Be you. But here's what I am convinced. I think those principles of scheduled prayer to anchor our day and using the circumstances and the events of our day to trigger prayer work. They work across personality types. They work in different seasons of life. And it'll look a little bit differently depending upon who you are. Some of you are more night people than morning people or whatever it might be. But to have those anchors in your day and then to cultivate that spontaneity throughout your day. I had a friend that one time, he, he kept a little dot on his watch for a season, just a little sticky dot. And, and that was a prayer prompt for him. Every time he looked at his watch, he saw that little dot. And that dot reminded him to pray, just to pray, just to, to pray for a moment. Now, now, some of you don't even carry a watch anymore, right? If you want to know the time, you look at your phone, right? Well, put a dot on your phone if that'll help you, or on your computer screen, or whatever it might be. But maybe sometimes it's just a physical trigger will help trigger prayer for you. Whatever works for you to help engage you in that spontaneous prayer along the way. But when it all comes together, I think the words of Jesus uh, say it well. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. In this Sermon on the Mount, he's teaching about prayer. He's teaching about the things that we tend to worry about, what we're going to eat or what we're going to be clothed with. And he says, seek first the, the kingdom of God, the, the rightful rule and reign of God in your life. When you put that first, when you put some anchor points in your life to seek after God, when you spontaneously let the circumstances and events of your day trigger a response where you're seeking God, he has a way of bringing all those other things to bear in the right order in your life as you continue to pray to him throughout the day. Let me close with one story, and then I want us to spend some time seeking the Lord around this. A young woman in Boston met the love of her life, and she married a printer. They got married. God blessed them with three kids. And then the Civil War broke out. And her husband was conscripted into the Northern Army. Her husband was killed in the Battle of Antietam. Shortly after that, her 12-year-old son passed away as he drowned. And then shortly after that, her only daughter died. It was one calamity after another. In the midst of her grief, she turned to writing, and she began to write hymns. Over a hundred of those were published. Thousands upon thousands and thousands of people sang them through the years. Maybe if you grew up in a traditional church, 
many years ago. Maybe you even sang some of them. Her name was Mary Ann Kidder. And among the hymns she wrote was one called, Did You Think to Pray? And I'm just going to let her hymn close us out. When you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? In the name of Christ our Savior, did you ask for loving favor as a shield today? When you met with great temptation, did you think to pray? By his dying love and merit, did you claim the Holy Spirit as your guide and stay? When your heart was filled with anger, did you think to pray? Did you plead for grace, my brother, that you might forgive another who had crossed your way? When strong trials came upon you, did you think to pray? As your heart was filled with sorrow, did the love of Christ you borrow at the gates today? The refrain goes like this. Oh, how praying rests the weary. Prayer will change your night today. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. Did you think to pray today? God delights in a relationship with you. He made it possible through the shed blood of Christ Jesus. He delights in a conversation with you made possible by God's grace through Jesus Christ. Did you think to pray today? Let's go before him in prayer together, please. Oh, Father, thank you for this gift of prayer. As we've been focusing on it now for a few weeks, Father, we just keep coming back and ask you, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us about what an incredible privilege it is to be able to come boldly before the throne of grace. And Father, thank you oh, that, that prayer is, is not so much a formula as it is about a relationship with you. A relationship that is, is unique, is, as unique as uh, parents have different relationships with the different personalities of each of their children. And, and Father, I just pray, Lord, would you teach us what it looks like for us in our season of life right here, right now, to pray throughout our day. Lord, would you help us even now to determine what those anchors will be? Those anchors that we will put down in the rhythm of our life that will call us again and again and again to attentiveness before you. Father, would you, off the platform of those anchors, show us how to walk in a sensitivity to you throughout our day, to allow the events and circumstances of our life to trigger a response in prayer. And I'm just going to invite you just to sit before the Lord for just a moment with that.